It is good for us to be here. Amen? And as I say, it's good for us to be here. I'm going to send the kids away. Uh, Kids ages two through four can go to children's worship. Uh, Again, because of what we're doing here with the teen-led worship, um, we've asked the older elementary to stay in here and and experience that uh, with us this morning. I want to say welcome to you all. I also want to remind you, can we go to that next slide? Ah, there it is. Remind you that um, while we don't pass the plates anymore, our giving is still an important part of our worship, uh, that we give out of joy, that we give from the overflow of our hearts. And um, four ways there on the screen to contribute to the work here. Uh, I'm not going to read all those off. You can, you can do that for yourselves. The, the message this morning, if you want to, please turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 15. Um, We're going to be bringing Luke 15 to you maybe in a way you've never seen before. Um, We're going to sort of act out what happens in Luke 15. We're not going to act out the parables, but we're going to act out the scenario in which these parables happen and maybe portray to you what we imagine that some of the Pharisees and Sadducees that were in this story and some of the sinners and tax collectors that were in this story, uh, maybe see what they would have thought about Jesus' parables in Luke 15. What did you think about that basketball tournament last week? I really blame it on their outfits. It was not the outfits. Good grief. It was a teamwork. It was teamwork? What do you mean it was teamwork? Do you think North Carolina got robbed? I mean, they should have played more well in the second half. Kind of like the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, right? Yeah. Yeah. They kind of blew it. Is it fair that God seems to give some people more talents than others? Do you think that really happens? Or do you think he just gives us talents in different areas? Good point. Me too. (laughs) Well, I I don't know that our individual talent is what really matters. Maybe it's more of how we use the talents that God gives us, except if that's messing things up. Kevin, can we talk to you for a moment? Sure. Hold on. I'll be right back, guys. What's going on? Do you know those people? Well, yeah, we were just talking about basketball and talents. Do you know those people? They are tax collectors and sinners. I, I do. And you call yourself a preacher? Well, yeah. Listen, those people are the people we need to be reaching out to. No, you listen. You, they might be contagious. Ugh. Kevin, if you were a righteous person, you would not be with those people. They could taint your reputation. Listen, do you guys understand the phrase, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but it's the sick. Of course we do. We're not talking about going to the doctor. We're talking about the people you shouldn't be hanging out with. Okay, I tell you what. You guys got a few minutes? Why don't you sit down? I'd like to tell you a story. I want you guys to listen too, because I'd like to get your perspective at the end of the story. As, as well as yours. So let, let me know what you think. So which one of you 
If you had a hundred sheep and one of them wandered off and got lost, would you not leave the 99 in the open country and go and search for that lost sheep? And search until you find it. And when you do find it, you pick it up and place it on your shoulders. And you carry it back to the others. And, and when you get back, you call your friends and your neighbors and you say, rejoice with me. My sheep that was lost is now found. I tell you, in the same way, there's more rejoicing over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. So, what do you think of that? Those darn sheep are always wandering off. Serves them right to get lost. Some, sometimes sheep do that. This is true. That shepherd had to go searching because of that sheep in the wilderness, in the dark. I'm glad I'm not that shepherd. Yeah. Let's pause for a second. What did you guys get out of the story? While the sheep did wander off, the shepherd seemed pretty cool to go find it. I know I sometimes feel a bit lost. Sounds like even a lost sheep had some value to the shepherd. If I was that sheep, I would have been glad for the piggyback ride home. Thank you. I appreciate those perspectives. Sometimes we all lose our way. Sometimes we, we get off the path we should be on, and sometimes we, we get lost one little nibble at a time. Anything else stand out to you guys? I like the thought that when we were saved, there was rejoicing. I'm not sure about that 99 to 1 ratio. I think you're exaggerating a little bit. <sighs> okay. I tell you what, I got another story. Hold, hold with me here. Okay. So there's a woman, right? And she has 10 silver coins. A silver coin that is worth an entire day's wage. But she lost one of the coins. And so she lights a lamp. And she sweeps the house and she searches diligently until she finds it. And when she finds it, she calls her neighbors and says, rejoice with me. I have found my lost coin. I tell you, in the same way, there is joy before the angels of heaven over one sinner who repents. So. Those dumb coins are always wandering off. What? what? <sighs> okay, just anybody else? I can't believe that lady would be so irresponsible to lose a day's wage. Maybe the point was more that she looked for it. I just, oh, I just hope my neighbors don't call me every time I lose something and they find it again. How lame. I wonder if we don't rejoice enough. Shouldn't joy shine through in all circumstances? Well, if you sinners repent more, then there'd be more rejoicing. Oh, that word. coin was probably dirty. Maybe it got stepped on and kicked, probably scratched up, and yet it still had value. I wonder if we still have value even after we get ourselves messy. I know there's a song that says, sometimes I wish someone up there would find me. I get that. I'd still accept money, even if it was dirty. Okay, now we're getting somewhere. Um, one more story. It's a little bit longer, so just, just bear with me, right? So there was a man who had two sons. And the younger son came to him and said, Father, give me my share of the inheritance. Basically said, I wish you were dead. Give me what's mine. And for some reason, his father does it. And he gives him his share of his inheritance. And a few days later, the son takes all of his wealth and he goes to a foreign country and he squanders what he has 
on reckless living. And when he had spent everything and had nothing left, a severe famine hit that land. And he had nothing. And so he hired himself out to one of the citizens of that land to feed his pigs. And he was so hungry that he longed to eat the pods that he was feeding the pigs. But no one would give him anything. And one day he came to his senses and he thought, even the servants in my father's house have bread to spare and I'm starving to death. I will go back to my father. And I will say, Father, I have sinned against you and against heaven. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me as one of your hired hands. And so he got up and he returned to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and had compassion on him. And he ran and he hugged his son and he kissed him. And his son starts his speech and he says, Dad, I, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Just treat me as one of your hired servants. But his father turned to one of his servants and said, Quick, bring the best robe. Put a ring on his finger. Put sandals on his feet. For the son of mine who is dead is now alive. He was lost and he is now found. Go and kill the fatted calf and prepare a feast. And they did so, and there was music and dancing. And when the older son, who was out in the field, he came near to the house, and he heard the music and the dancing, and he asked one of the servants, he says, what, what does this mean? And the servant said, your brother came home. He was lost, and now he's found. He was dead, and now he's alive. And the older son got angry and refused to go in. So his father came out and pleaded with him. He said, please, please come in to the party. Please come in to the feast. And the older son said, all these years, I have slaved for you. I have served you. I have not, I have not disobeyed one of your commands. And you never even gave me a young goat that I could kill it and have a feast and celebrate with my friends. And this son of yours who squandered your wealth with prostitutes. He comes home and you kill the fatted calf. His father said, son, you must understand. I am always with you and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate because your brother was dead and is now alive again. He was lost and now is found. Dumb sons are always stop! Wondering. Just stop already! I was just saying! If my younger son ever treated me like that way, I'd write him out of my will. Do you even have sons? Well, no, but how rude. I've been down from time to time, but wow, eating pig slop? Serves him right. Is that real, the father running part? That's some crazy love for family. And a feast, music, dancing, and fatted calf. Sounds like a party. What was up with the older son? What do you mean, what was up? What'd the father ever do for him? Seems to me the father did everything for both his sons. And yet the older son refused to go to the party. I'm sure he could have eaten and danced too. 
Kind of sad he missed out. Kevin, are you trying to say that we are those older sons looking down on the younger? Ding, 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 ding. Let me, let me answer that with a different question. If you were that father and the older son refused to come into the party, how would you have felt? Probably disappointed. Maybe even sad. He said, you are always with me. But in the end, he wasn't. Sometimes we need to realize that no matter where we are in life, no matter how hard we're attempting to live a righteous life, that we are still in need of grace. And maybe, just maybe, if us righteous people would be more loving and kind to those sinners, they would be more attracted to a godly lifestyle. Good morning, Eastside family. As a wise person once said, I'm incredibly nervous, so please bear with me. So my job today is to wrap all this up and kind of say what I get from it. The first thing I get is that Jesus sounded a little harsh to the Pharisees. It sounded like he was just pulling out all of their wrongs and saying, well, y'all are wrong. But in truth, he just wanted to get them to see his grace and how loving he is. He wanted, them to, he wanted them to see that he wants them to be saved and he wants to forgive them. They knew what they were supposed to do and they taught it correctly, but they themselves were not doing it. And I think that's something we all do sometimes. A couple of things also come up when I hear these parables. They each tell in a different way the way we should act. For example, the parable of the lost sheep. To me, this story means that Jesus seeks us out. I am one in 7.9 billion people, and so are you guys. And when I get lost, Jesus sees to it that he seeks out me and makes sure that I feel loved and wanted and appreciated. And he comes and rescues and saves me. Next is the parable of the lost coin. And this one shares a similar meaning. Just like the parable of the lost sheep, the woman lost a coin. We, we have two things in common with this coin. First is that we are valuable. The second is we often get lost in the couch and cannot find ourselves. <laughs> but the point is, is that we are valuable to God. And when we get lost, he wants to find us because we are valuable to him. Just like someone said up here, that coin was trampled on. It was muddy and dirty, and so are we. But we still are valuable and can be saved. And not only does God want to find us and save us, but he wants us to be saved. Lastly is the parable of the lost boy. The boy left his family and thought he could make it on his own. Once he left, he did all right for a little while. Kudos to him. But as time went on, he found that he was not ready to live on his own. After some more time, he goes back to his father, and as he's going there, he's thinking of the speech. He's saying, I need to apologize to my father. I was wrong. I was incorrect. And he was thinking of the speech, but by the time he gets to his father, he starts saying, Dad, I need your forgiveness. The father is like, welcome home. Let's celebrate. He already forgave him. How many times 
in our lives do we think that we can make it without God? And then a little while later, come running back to him, asking him to take us back. I believe this is the, the most important part of the story comes at the end. In Luke 15, 18 through 24, it talks about how the father just welcomed him home. And it says, But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best of robes and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattest calf and kill it. Let us celebrate, for the son of mine was dead and is alive again. And he was lost and is now found. So they began to celebrate. At the end of each of these parables, they have one thing in common. They celebrated. After the lost sheep was found, they celebrated. After the lost coin was found, they celebrated. And after the lost son was returned, they celebrated. Not only does God save us, but when he, and he wants to save us, but once we are saved, he celebrates. I asked Kevin the other day when he asked me if I could write this lesson and say, hey, are there any verses in the Bible that talk about Jesus celebrating when we're saved? And he messages me back seconds later saying, ha ha ha, yes. I then went back to my text and said, all right, what am I missing? I'm missing something obvious. And then I looked back at all the verses we had just read. And they're exactly what I asked for. In the parable of the lost sheep, it says, And I tell you, in the same way there will be rejoicing in our heaven over one sinner who repents than over the 99 righteous people. In the parable of the lost coin, when she finds it, she calls her friends together and says, Rejoice with me. I have found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, there's rejoicing in the presence of angels of God over one sinner who repents. And in the parable of the lost son, after the son is begging his father for forgiveness, the father says, quick, let's celebrate with my son. And it says, for the son of mine was dead and is alive again. He is lost and is now found. So they began to celebrate. If it repeats more, and once, more than once in the Bible, it must be true. So what about us? What does this have to do with us in the 21st century? Jesus told us to love others as he loved us. And we all know that part of loving each other is forgiving one another, which can be really hard sometimes. So we should not only be forgiving, though. We need to be ready to welcome others with open arms. When they repent, we should celebrate with them. We need to love each other no matter the sins we have committed and go to one another and say, I love you. I forgive you. And when one of us is saved, let us rejoice and celebrate with one another. Please bow your heads with me. Father in heaven, we thank you for this amazing day you've given us, Lord. We thank you for your blessings. We thank you for the opportunity for the youth group to lead service. Lord, we ask for you right now, and we want to thank you. Thank you so much for your forgiveness. But Lord, help us to know how, how do we live our lives for you? How do we forgive others? How do we help each other with open arms? Help us do that this week. And Lord, as we come back to you in song and prayer, please help us go to one another and rejoice with one another. Hey, I'm Eddie White, the Senior Minister for the Eastside Church of Christ. Sure want to thank you for joining us today on our podcast. I hope today's message was indeed a blessing to you. I'd like to invite you to browse our website at eastsidesprings.com to get more information or to contact us. And as always, we indeed welcome you to join us for our worship service in Colorado Springs as we seek to live out Jesus' mission 
of making disciples of all nations.